Joining us now on the Smart Rain guest line, Tony Gerdeman, uh, lead football and basketball beat writer for BuckeyeScoop.com. Joining us. Tony, how you doing? Hey, Tony. Hey, doing very well. Thank you guys for having me on. Well, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we know it's a busy week for you, so thanks for making time for us. It's a certainly a huge event for Utah playing in their first ever Rose Bowl game. Uh, look, going to big-time New Year's six games and playoffs, that is not new for Ohio State. Where's their motivation level going into this game? That's been one of the topics of conversation all along because Ohio State and the Rose Bowl has always been something very, very special until maybe the, the college football playoffs and and that kind of took the shine off of every other bowl for uh, for a lot of programs. And so there's been some question about how do they view this because it's not their goal. And they've been there before. They've been to all of these other bowl games before. So, you know, they've been – the, the coaches have been talking to them. Players are saying all the right things. It's still the Rose Bowl. It's, it's very important and, and everything that you would expect them to say. But I, I think um, I think we would all agree that this game means more for Utah in terms of just program, um, you know, getting here. And this is something brand new. It's something that you strive for. It's something that you know, 15, 20 years ago was never really looked to be a possibility. And so you've got to, Ohio State is going to have to not only match on the line of scrimmage, all of that, but just match the desire of, of Utah being here. And that's, that's, a, that's a question that we all have. What is your assessment of Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, and Haskell Garrett? all opting out as far as how badly this hurts Ohio State's chances in this game? Yeah, losing Haskell Garrett does not help because he is the guy, he's the, the three-technique defensive tackle who is their best, probably overall defensive lineman, lead, leads them in sacks and tackles for loss, is a captain, is a leader, was first-team All-American last year, second-team All-American this year. So they are going to have to – find some different ways to replace him. I think that's a big hit. Nicholas Petit-Frere, uh, also an All-American left tackle, who they have played six offensive linemen pretty much all season long. Just guys would come in and out. And the guy they've got stepping in for them has was last year was a three-year starter at left tackle. So they that one probably won't be as big of an issue. And then Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, I mean, these two guys are two of the – I'd say top 10 receivers in Ohio State football history. And to not have either one of them go, even though Chris Olave, for some reason, keeps practicing, as we saw today. Um, but, yeah, those two guys are significant losses because that's their, that's two of their three starters. And the guys you've got replacing them will be freshmen and sophomores. And they're all very talented at Ohio State. The receivers are. They're all high school Americans, five stars this, four stars that. But – it's the Rose Bowl. It's uh, it's the biggest game that these guys will play in, and they're going to be targeted a lot more. They're, you're talking about guys in, like, say, sophomore Julian Fleming will probably be one of the starters, and he's going to be targeted more than he's ever been targeted in his life, uh, at least at Ohio State. So these guys, the young guys, are going to have to respond, and you know, that's not, um, you know, Utah's got a pretty good defense. This is a rough time to break somebody new in, basically. So overall, from a, um, you know, we talk about the team's motivation. From a fan standpoint, we just last week saw word that 
Ohio State returned 7,000 tickets to this game. Does that kind of, I don't want to say apathy, but maybe lack of excitement over that game, has that spilled over into the fan base as well? Yeah, well, you're talking about a pretty spoiled fan base at this point. <laughs> Playoffs the last two years, and then for the Rose Bowl to be you know, a, a, a disappointment for some, it's it's a statement about the playoffs as a whole, I think. But also, yeah, the 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 apathy is, I, I don't know, probably not apathy, but disappointment is is the better word because they they still do care, but they're hurt that there's no playoffs, and so um, the the interest in going to the Rose Bowl and it's an it's it's a inexpensive trip, like flights from Ohio. Not that every Buckeye fan is coming from Ohio, but you're looking at twelve hundred dollar flights. Staying in Los Angeles has never been cheap, and, and so it's it's a matter of um, do you do you really want to fork all this out for uh, a non playoff game? And so um, a number of people chose not to, and we'll watch it on television. But that's also a problem going on all over in college football in terms of attendance. But this was it's a little bit surprising, I guess, that they turned in returned so many tickets. I wanted to just spend a minute on the defensive side of the ball, and I, I know we were just talking a little bit about Haskell Garrett, but this is uh, it, it seems to be a team that gives up a little bit in the passing game, can hunker down a bit in the, in the running game. Where is the gap in that passing defense that has given up so much yardage throughout the year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of it has been between the linebackers and the safeties, like over the middle in the middle of the field, that sort of thing. Corners are pretty good, uh, but they have been giving up some big plays. That The free safety, is the starting free safety, Bryson Shaw, is, is basically the backup free safety because the starter was hurt in the, early on in the season and lost for the season. And they've had to change defensive systems from a, a single high safety to a two-deep safety look because they, they, were, getting, they were getting burned and, and making too many mistakes, so they had to put another guy back there to help out and – so yeah, they haven't. They, they they've gotten better, but there are still issues, and certainly issues that Utah can can cause with a you know a mobile quarterback and different tight ends that they use. And there's there's a, there's enough there for Ohio State fans certainly to be concerned because of it's a defense that has maybe yet to play its best game and has also benefited from an Ohio State offense that sometimes is up. 35 nothing in the second quarter, and the forces the opponent to just go one-dimensional, and then Ohio State can do kind of what they want. But I'm with you. Like, uh, they, the run game, the run defense was really good until they gave up 297 yards to Michigan, and that kind of throws everything out the window because the power running game was effective against Ohio State, and that's a lot of what Utah does. So that's another big question and concern for the Buckeyes. You've talked to these uh, coaches. You've been at the press conference. Is that their number one concern with Utah coming into this game? Yeah, it is the physicality. And talked with the defensive, uh, some defensive players today, and Matt Barnes, the secondary coach. And you know, I kept, I was asking about that Michigan game and how does it compare to the physicality of Utah, and how do you kind of prove that not that the Michigan game was a fluke, but that that's not who this defense is. And so this, they see this as an opportunity to get the, uh, the bad taste of that Michigan game out of their mouth to show that they are not the, the soft team that they've been hearing about since that Michigan loss. And you've got, a, you've got a, quite a few annoyed Ohio State defensive players who have just been 
hearing and hearing and hearing about this being soft and how they're, you know, they're not physical enough. And so that's all they've been focused on. That's all they've been talking about. We'll see if they can walk that walk. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're still, like I said, they're saying the right things, but uh, that kind of all goes out the window once the, the whistle blows the line of scrimmage. When you watch this Ohio State defensive front, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of one-on-one pressure, but they have racked up a lot of sacks in the season, and they're averaging three sacks per game, which is, you know, top 25 in the country. Where are they getting the pressures? In your opinion, where are they getting the pressures? And, and when you take um, Haskell off the field, mm-hmm. are they going to be able to generate one-on-one pressures, or are they going to have to do it through different stunts, stems, and blitzes? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think maybe like eight or nine of their sacks this season came against Akron, which was the worst team on their schedule. And so their sacks are kind of skewed by that one game. They, I, I don't know where the final numbers ended up, but the defensive tackles had more sacks than the defensive ends for most of the season. If that gives you an idea of where the pressure really comes from, the defensive ends have been a disappointment in that they aren't getting home as much. Now, talking to the Utah offense and coordinator today, he discussed how the defensive ends at Ohio State still concern you because they are long, they're tall, they're athletic. I mean, you look at a guy like Zach Harrison, Ohio State's starting defensive end, he was 6'6", 260, and will eventually run at the combine in the 4'5". He was a track athlete in high school. So, like, they have all of these physical abilities, but it hasn't necessarily resulted in sacks. But then you also watch what offenses do, and they're getting the ball out as quickly as possible so that they don't have to deal with that kind of pressure. But I, with Haskell Garrett out, they do have a freshman, Tyreek Williams, who I think is second on the team in sacks, and his number, his, his playing time has gone up and down. But when he's been in, he's been effective. But the, the defensive ends really need to step up. But how aggressive do they want to be when you got a quarterback at Utah who can make a pay for, for that aggression and, and tear off up the field? Or you, know, you don't want to lose contain on him. So how concerned are they going to be with that as well? Well, Tony, we certainly appreciate your time. Enjoy the game and uh, look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Sounds good. Anytime. Thank you guys for having me on. You got it. Tony Gerdeman, uh, lead football and basketball beat writer for Buckeye Scoop um, with a breakdown of uh, the game.